Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Upgrade your mindset, transform your body, uncover your purpose. Welcome to Torchbearer with Ollie Herman Taylor. Hey everybody, so it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Sean Whalen to the Torchbearer podcast today. Sean, hello. What's up, man? How are you doing and where are you in the world at the moment? Um, I am at my uh, headquarters here just outside of Salt Lake City in Utah. Awesome. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, listen, I'm just going to do a really simple intro because I think uh, probably a lot of people who listen to this will know who you are. A lot of people in the UK probably won't. I'm just going to use the, the the bio you have on your Instagram page, which is free man. Uh, and I want to come <laughs> back to that. I want to come back to that a bit later. But the first thing I've got to ask you about your ranch. So you've just bought like a, is it 498 acres or? 497. We have a survey being done. So I think we're going to be right about uh, right about the 500 acre mark. Okay, cool. So 497-ish, but uh, depending on the survey, Acre Ranch, it, it looks absolutely incredible. Is, is this something that's been a long-term dream for you? Yeah, this has been something that I've had my eye on for quite a few years for multiple reasons. Number one, for the family, you know, I've got five kids now and, you know, being able to have a piece of ground that's mine that I can do whatever the hell I want on. I can shoot my guns, I can blow shit up, I can drive my razors, I can raise my own cattle and do the whole thing. But obviously now with the state of affairs in the world and people and things, you know, being able to have my own spot, uh, my own sanctuary, if you will, is uh, has been very important. So I've been looking for a couple of years and the timing wasn't right. And God said the timing was right now. And so here we are. I mean, I've seen a few pictures that you've shared on Instagram and it kind of looks like in the moment, it's like a wilderness. It's like just open, vast space. Like just to put it in, into perspective, if you were to kind of, you've got razors, which are those those buggies, you know, like a rage buggy type thing. If you were to drive like, you know, kind of, I don't know if it's square or if it's a rectangle, but if you were to drive kind of across it, how long is that going to take you roughly? It's like super rough. It took me 12 minutes to fly my drone around the entire property line. But to put in perspective, you know, I know you guys in the UK aren't big gun guys, but um, I own a lot of guns. I have a ton of guns here uh, that I personally own, and I only have three guns that would actually shoot a bullet from one side to the other. So if that puts it in perspective. Most of you probably won't know what I'm talking about because you don't shoot guns anyways, but it's a big freaking ranch. So it's, it's, uh, it's literally a mile by a mile by a mile by a mile. So if it takes you 11 minutes to run a mile, it would take you 11 minutes to just run from one side to the other. Okay. So it's a serious kind of piece of ground, like a sanctuary. It's a big piece of um, ground. Yeah. And so like, kind of what does it mean to you? I mean, is it, how much of it is about like self-sufficiency? Obviously there's the freedom element. You know, you said the state of the world as it is at the moment, you know, you've got your own piece of the country that you, you can do what you like on. How much of it is about self-sufficiency and like raising cattle and kind of just moving towards a different lifestyle? Is, is that part of it? Yeah, you know, I, I I mean, you obviously have known me for a while and know my social media and you know what I talk about and who I am in real life is the exact same guy that you see online. I mean, for me right now, it's all, you know, the last couple of years as I've gotten older, as my businesses have grown, as my kids have started to get older, you know, I've always had this relationship with freedom. I've always had this ideology with freedom uh, growing up in a, in a family that was, uh, you know, very much they're veterans of wars and and uh, having a deep love and appreciation for this country, for the freedoms that we have, for literally why millions of people try and come into this country every single year. You know, I, I have a deeply rooted um, appreciation and love for that. And so as I've gotten older and I've gotten wiser, as I've become more accustomed to and, and informed, I guess would be the best word, of 
our country and, and where things really are and what freedom really means. My entire philosophy around lions, not sheep in my own personal life right now is get your house in order. And I want to be completely free of any need of any man. You know, we have a, we have a phenomenally massive welfare system here in this country. And my entire purpose is to ensure that my life, my liberty, and my pursuit of happiness is mine and mine alone. And I rely on no man for my food, for my safety, for my uh, production, for anything. Uh, not just for me, but for my family. And so land is, is, is a big deal. I mean, owning a piece of property is a big deal and not just a house in a subdivision with a bunch of neighbors, but being able to own a chunk of land, a big chunk of land. You know, you look back through the, through the history and through ages and, you know, this great grandpa bought this massive piece of land and gave it to this guy and then they gave it to this guy. And now all of a sudden, you know, the kids become multimillionaires because some developer wants to build on it or, you know, this big ranch that's been passed down from generation to generation it's important to me. Um, I didn't grow up with that. I grew up in, in a single parent home where my mom worked two jobs. We didn't have a ranch. We didn't have homes. We didn't have this type of freedom. And, and uh, like I said, as the older, the older I get, the more I realize how important it is for me as a man, um, for me as a patriarch, for me as a father, to be able to ensure that I don't rely on anyone for anything, that I am self-sufficient in order to provide food, to provide safety, provide shelter for my family. And that has been my mission and my quest far more intensely the last few years than ever before in my life. And so that it was really important for me to find a piece of ground that was mine, um, that I could build my vision on. You know, there's a lot of ranches out there that have a big cabin or a big estate or barns or whatever, whatever. And when I found this piece, it was a blank slate. There wasn't a single road on it. I mean, it was literally just fenced 500 acres that a farmer, a rancher had been running cattle on for the last 50 years. And so there's literally nothing on it. And so I get to start from scratch building my dream, my vision. You know, I, I, I share with my kids when my son and I were out there the other day, I said, I envision in, in 30 years, God willing, you know, knock on wood, I'm still here. We're sitting under a tree with your kids and you planted that tree. You can tell your kids this tree I planted, you know, this barn I built. And that's a that's a really exciting vision. It's a really exciting thing for me as a father uh, and as a man. And, and truthfully, as a patriot, as a, as a member of this culture and this society, you know, having my own chunk of ground now, I'm good. You know what I mean? I've, I've got the self-sufficiency to be able to go where I need to go if something was to happen. And, you know, that, that uh, I sleep a lot better at night knowing that now. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I mean, you know, obviously that explains a, a lot of what's behind, you know, buying that that big piece of land. How much of it's the vulnerability of the, the last year and a half has been weird. And I know that you have, like a lot of people have strong feelings about this whole situation the world's been in, like this craziness that the world has been thrust into in like a nearly a year and a half now. I just can't help thinking that in 10 years time, we're going to wake up and we're going to look back and just wonder what the hell happened. Like people kind of went temporarily, I don't know what happened, but... <laughs> So how much of the, you know, kind of carving out your own slice of actual physical territory is about the vulnerability that's been shown up in the world, government systems, you know, food supply chains, does that feed into this? hundred percent. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Like, listen, you know, I like Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson is a, is a brilliant man. He's a gr brilliant philosopher. And he talks about, uh, you know, violence, for instance, and being prepared and, and it's far better for a man to be trained and prepared for violence and then have it under control than not. And my philosophy has always been, you know, situational awareness, ensuring that I can take care of me. 
I don't want to be the guy that when someone breaks in my house, I have to call someone else to save me. I want to know that I have the skill set and the means to be able to protect my family. I want to know that if what we're seeing right now, beef prices, corn has more than doubled in pricing in the last year, doubled in one year. The average person doesn't think about that. They're worried about what celebrities fucking what celebrity and what's on TMZ and what gossip is happening. And meanwhile, the gas prices have tripled, tripled literally in the last 12 months. When you think about these things happening, like, you know, I don't have control over that. You hear a lot of this like, oh, let's save the country and let's do this and do that. And to me, you know, if, if I'm vulnerable, if I can't protect myself, provide for myself or ensure my safety, I'm fucked, period. So for me, it's, it's not about this like, I'm going to go change the entire country and change the entire world. I have to change me first. As naturally, you have seen it, I've seen it. It doesn't matter where on the planet you are, shit's more expensive. You know what I mean? The, the trade game right now is, is astronomical. It's unbelievable. I mean, I own an apparel company and stuff we used to be able to get, we can't get anymore. But we're paying double, triple for, for products just in the last 12 months. And so- you know, you look at a, a, a state like Texas, right? Texas had that cold snap where it was cold for like a week. And they were, people were fucked. They were freezing, house, butt, pipes were bursting. It was chaos just because it got cold. Someone hacked a pipeline. And so gas in the, in the, in the Southeast of America is shut off and people went fucking crazy. There were gas lines, there were car lines, for, you know, 10 hours long. When you think about that for a second, something as simple as fuel shutting down your life or power shutting down your life, I'm not in control of this country. I'm not in control of the power grid. I'm not in control of the supply chain. I'm not in control of the hamburger meat that's at the store. And so my entire philosophy around Lions Not Sheep and my personal life is ensuring that all of the basics, man, like the basic fundamental survival of life, I'm in complete control of right? If this thing goes down today, you know, businesses are fucked. You and I aren't talking on this call. I can't communicate with my children. I can't say, hey, uh, uh, some bad shit's happening. Come meet me here. The phone's gone. Like how prepared am I to communicate with my children if something bad was to happen? How prepared am I to feed my family for a week, a week, just a week? If all of a sudden the food was gone, and people go, oh, well, that's extreme. And that's, it just fucking happened in Texas. It just happened by literally cold weather coming. Like there was no water. People didn't have water to drink. They had to melt snow to drink. When you think about that for a second, most of us are so dumbed down and sedated with this comfort. And like, there's always going to be power. There's always going to be a shitter that I can push a button and flush. There's always going to be gas coming out of my stove to cook my food. There's always going to be a supermarket that I can take this piece of plastic and go boop, boop, and get my food. And I'll give you my plastic. You give me food. And we've been shown over and over and over again, just over the last couple of years, it's something as simple as a hacker can shut down the entire fucking country's gas. We've been shown that a cold snap, just the weather, for Christ's sake, not a terrorist attack, not the government, just the cold weather can fuck over an entire state, literally change the entire economy of a state. And so my entire, my entire being, dude, is, is knowing that I can feed my family, I can shelter my family, I can take care of my family, regardless of what happens. Regardless, cold weather, 
the government fuel being gone, the power going out. And so that's my entire philosophy is, is ensuring that I am able to keep running my game, living my life, doing my deal, breaking everything down to the simplest form of, of, of food, water, and shelter. Yeah, this is an interesting conversation to me because I think humans, like we're, we're super resilient. I mean, we've come through pretty much every environment you can imagine, you know, kind of ice age type conditions, desert conditions. We've made it to every corner of the globe, different environments, and we've kind of survived because we're adaptable and we're kind of clever and we're resilient. But this modern world has kind of made us a little bit complacent and made us really vulnerable. And I remember this time a year ago, yeah, like this time a year ago, I remember going to the supermarket, which you just take for granted and, you know, shelves were empty of the basics. And it really makes you think, it really kind of resets your perspective on actually how fragile this global just-in-time supply chain is. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. Well, I mean, if you look at it, man, like, like, what are they teaching kids in school? And I know this is an interesting conversation because you're in a different part of the planet than me, right? You have a di- completely different reality. You have a completely different government and completely different system, a healthcare system. Everything is different where you are than where I am. But the, the truth is, how many, of you, how many kids in the UK, because you're in the UK, right? Yeah, I'm in the UK. I mean, how many kids in the UK are taught, you know, how to build shelter in school or are taught how to hunt? I mean, you think that meat just magically shows up. You have to go kill an animal, kill it, like shoot it with a bow, with a gun, or else you don't have meat. There is no meat. It doesn't magically just show up at the supermarket. How many children are taught to hunt? And if you are taught to hunt, then process that meat. How do you literally cut the animal open and remove the meat to live? And this is where people don't think this way because we're just we're just used to having a piece of plastic and we just give it to them and they give us food and we give it to them and they give us gas and we pay these guys and they give us communication. And the truth is like, it wasn't that long ago. It really wasn't long that our ancestors, our great grandparents, if they didn't go hunt, they starved to death. Yeah. Like the amount of technology and how fast we've moved into this society and system where we just trade money for food and we don't have any skill sets. Most children, Teenagers, young adults have no fucking clue how to purify water. Water. Like you don't drink water for a week, you're dead. They don't know how to get it, purify it. So when you stop and think about these simple things, like I want to ensure that number one, I have the skill set, but number two, I pass the skill set along to my kids. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, we're civilized and we've moved past that. No, dude. I mean, you know, I was, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, and, and I don't want to go off on a tangent on this, but I want you to really think about this for a second. If the power was to go out, I mean, all of you listening to this, you're watching it on a computer or a laptop or a, a, a phone or a TV. If the power went out for an extended period of time, and I'm not talking about a terrorist attack, what if all of a sudden there's a solar flare and all the power goes out? Okay. I want you to really think about that for a second. Just the power, just the power, just the electric. You have no more food. Your plastic card doesn't work because none of the machines work. So you literally have no currency to trade for something else. So how do you get food? You and I both know that if that happened, every supermarket that you was in walking distance or driving distance would be empty in 24 hours. Empty. So you have no food, no water. Okay. You now have no transportation because guess how the gas comes out of those pumps into your car? Electric. No transportation. No communication. This is just the power goes out, the power. Like people don't think this way. And this is why like we just walk around all day long with all these luxuries and all of these things. 
And the reality is like, this isn't doom and gloom for me. This is like our society and our culture is globally is in a really, really, really interesting scenario. Like we think we're really fucking smart because we're humans and we drive cars and we fly airplanes. But the truth is if the power went out, 75% of the global population would be dead in 60 days. Dead, dead. You don't eat, you don't have water. You don't have transportation. You don't have communication. What the fuck are you going to go do? Go to your neighbor's house? They ain't letting you in. They don't have food or water or or, or anything. What the fuck are you really going to do? Like, really think about that. Dads, listening. I mean, I don't know who your audience is, but think about that. Fathers, what are you going to do with your five family members when there's no power, no transportation, no communication, no water, no food? And I think it's really simple for us to say that, like, when all of a sudden a random hacker just hacks into a pipeline and shuts it all down, it's not too far-fetched to think that something like that could happen. And if it did, that's my game, man. I don't want to be that guy scrambling. I want to be the guy that goes, well, let's go. And we got the land, we got the food, we got the water, we got the shelter. Yeah. I mean, before you started that, you were saying, you know, we're civilized. I was going to say, we're only civilized until the power goes out. <laughs> exactly. So, we can become cannibals. Exactly. I want you to really, not, no one listening to this has ever starved. I'm not talking about being hungry. I'm talking about starved. I want you to really think about like, if your family was starving, starving, what would you do? You'd do anything. You'd kill. You would kill or you'd be killed, period. This isn't some primal like, oh, Sean, well, we'd solve the, who's we? Who's we would solve the problem? Like, like this is what people don't think about and they don't really contemplate because we, it's just like, it's never going to happen to me, right? How many people say that? Oh, Bob, our neighbor Bob died in a car accident yesterday. You never think it's going to be you. And then all of a sudden something happens. Everybody's prepared, right? The fucking weather got cold in Texas and it fucked the whole thing up. Gas gets shut off for a couple of days. It fucks up the whole game. It's not going to happen to me. Well, the government will help us. Fuck you. There's no power. They ain't helping shit. They're not feeding your family. They're not going to show up with a bag of groceries at your front door. You're fucked. So what are you going to do? So is this something you're going to be teaching? Well, I want to come onto Lions Not Sheep later. I've got some questions, you know, to, to introduce it and tell people who don't know about it what it is. But is this something you're going to be teaching? Is this something you're going to be incorporating without giving away too much about what Lions Not Sheep is yet? Yeah, this is what I, this is what I teach every day. This is what my coaching is. I've got thousands of clients around the world. This is the philosophy of what I teach. I'm not some survivalist where I'm like, hey, here's a knife and go out in the woods. But I'm talking about being prepared emotionally, psychologically, financially, physically. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the game of life that we're all playing. And we've all been programmed a certain way. And what I believe and what I've seen over the last five years as I have grown lions, not sheep, is that I'm far happier when I have a lot of money in the bank, period. I'm fucking far happier. I sleep better. I'm able to do more when I have money in the bank. I'm far happier when I'm running around looking fucking great, feeling great, healthy, than if I'm a fat fucking slob sitting on the couch. I'm far happier. I'm far more productive. I'm a far better father and, and, and husband as I nurture a relationship with my wife. I, I mean, I'm far happier. I'm far more productive. I'm far more profitable when I have control over my mind. And I'm not just reading these Fox and CNN headlines going, oh my God, oh my God, and jumping at everything, right? The good book, the old Bible talks about being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. You see this happening now. Well, headline comes across. 
Donald Trump's a racist. Oh my God, he's a racist. Fuck that guy. And then you ask somebody, well, what did he say that's racist? I don't know, but fuck him. What? What are you talking about? You don't even know what you're talking about. You're just, it's like we're just eating this dribble, like slurping it up, slurping up this shit and garbage that's being peddled to us. And I know it's the same thing in your country too. Your leaders are, are not fucking any different than our shit. You're getting fucking, you're getting shit on. We're getting shit on. You're getting fed the dribble. We're getting fed the dribble. I don't give a fuck what country you're in. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a mess. So for me, the entire philosophy of our lions, not sheep is helping people get their houses in order. Your house, my house, my mental house, my physical house, my financial house, my emotional house. Getting that shit in order. Speaking of which, how did you start your day today? Um, I woke up. I had sex with my wife. Um, we went downstairs. We had coffee. Um, I had the car wash guy come. We got a new puppy. And uh, the puppy shit in the back of my wife's car yesterday. So the, the, my, my detail guy showed up. Um, I went out on the back deck. I smoked a cigar and read a book for about 20 minutes. Uh, Tim Grover's new book, which is phenomenal, by the way. Uh, and then I went to the gym. I worked out at the gym. My wife came to the gym. She worked out. And uh, I came to my warehouse, did a couple things here in my warehouse, and then I jumped on with you. Cool. So listen, you you run five businesses. Is it five? Five million dollar businesses or million dollar plus, you know? I got a bunch of companies. I got investments in companies and restaurants and apparel company and coaching company. I've got a lot of them. So what I'd love to kind of get from you basically is a kind of overview of your story. Like how do you get from... What's the evolution of Sean Whalen? How did you get to where you are kind of today? Uh, a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work. I grew up in a single parent home. I mean, you guys, if you want to know my story, Google me, go buy my book. Um, I know that we deliver it to the UK. I've sold almost 700,000 copies of it now. Yeah, I grew up in a single parent home. I didn't have shit. I don't have any rich family. I got no rich. Nobody gave me money. I didn't inherit anything. Um, I was an entrepreneur since I was a kid and I made a lot of money. I didn't have a dad around. I didn't have a guiding figure around. And I made a ton of money in my twenties. And I thought I had the world figured out. And I was prideful and egotistical. I got married. I had some kids. I was living the dream. I had the Rolexes and the houses and the cars. Uh, and then when I was about 30 years old, I was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I became very unhappy. I became very uh, emotionally detached from my family. Um, I worked 20 hour days because this is what I thought success was supposed to be. And when I was at my office, I felt like I needed to be home. And when I was home, I needed to be at the office. And I talk about in my book, how I felt like I was juggling bowling balls. And if you're a man, if you're a father, if you're a business leader, if you're, you know what I'm talking about, you feel like you can't, there's never enough time. I'm never there enough for the home or the work or the business. And I was that guy. And I had um, what I like to refer to, I don't know what a midlife crisis is, but I basically stopped juggling all the balls. And I left my business, which I had started from scratch. It was, $25 million a year company. I literally walked out the door. I turned the entire company over to my partner. I took no money, no equity. I just literally left, walked out one day, never showed back up. I got a divorce. I became miserable in my marriage and blamed my wife and blamed the world and blamed everybody. And I left my marriage and I spent about 18 months uh, trying to decide why I shouldn't kill myself uh, in my wilderness, if you will, trying to figure out why the fuck I was even here not how to make more money and build a bigger bicep and be a fucking badass and be online. And Facebook didn't even exist back then. I was trying to figure out why I even was on this rock that's spinning through space. Um, and it came down to a point where uh, I, I almost killed myself. I almost committed suicide. I, I, I thought that would be the best way out. That would be 
the way that would ease the most pain. I thought that would be the best plan for my kids because I had been such this wrecking ball through life. And um, I decided to go on a journey and figure these things out. And I've spent the last uh, 11 years building and asking and inquiring and searching and doing and working to truly understand who the fuck I really am, to understand my relationship with God, to understand why I'm here on this rock. Why, why did I have posts go viral? Why do I have millions of followers? Why do I have this drive and this tenacity? Why am I, why do I have these fears? Why do I have so much in the mind that wants to like bury me? Like, why do, why am I these things? And um, it's been a, a quest that I've been on and it's allowed me to um, share some incredible stories, which is how you and I are here, which is how my book is here, which is how, you know, social media has exploded growth for me. And it's been, uh, it's been a very, very, very beautiful experience for me. And so um, I'm constantly on this quest. Like I hear people talk about being at the top all the time and there is no top. And so I'm, I'm a 42 year old man who feels like an eight year old asking why all the time, wanting to know, wanting to learn, wanting to grow, wanting to expand. And I figured some things out. I figured a couple things out, which has allowed me to become a, a very successful coach uh, because there's a lot of people that are where I was years ago, which is why am I fucking here? What's the purpose of all this? I'm a dad. I'm a wife. I'm here. Like I have everything that I'm supposed to have. I'm not happy. Why am I not happy? How do I go bigger? Do I want to go bigger? All of these questions that I ask myself, I've found and built answers to, um, which has allowed me to take, you know, the lion's not sheep to the world, literally, and coach thousands and thousands of people and speak on stages all over the world with some of the best public speakers, motivational speakers, um, inspirational people on the planet. I regret none of it. I'm excited about all of it. I've learned from all of it. And uh, I'm an extremely, extremely, extremely blessed individual, but I work my ass off every single day to be able to be where I am, to have what I have, whether it's companies, whether it's a marriage. I just got married four months ago. I got remarried after being divorced. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you very much. It took a lot of fucking work to become the man who could be married again versus trying to just go get married or, you know, fuck around with chicks just to fill my time or to, to make me feel better, but to truly become a man worthy of building a kingdom with a queen, to truly be a man who, after making millions of dollars and losing it all, could make it again and build it right and build it big and build it so that it actually served people and helped people. Uh, and that's where I am. This is the journey that I've been on. And this is where Lions Not Sheep came from. And, and uh, it's a never ending story, which is something I'm, that terrifies me, but at the same time excites the hell out of me. How close are you to the vision of what you have? Like, cause I, I have a vision with what, what I want to achieve with my coaching business, which is a, is a very different thing to yours. But, um, you know, in terms of scale, I mean, mainly like how, how close are you to the vision? Do you think you'll ever get there, you know, of, of what you want to build? I don't know where there is, to be honest with you. Okay. So you're just enjoying the journey. Yeah. I went from, no, it's, it's not just, I just sit around going, yeah, this is all fucking great. I work really hard and I know what I'm supposed to go, but I realized that the truth is you and I might be dead by dinner. It's the truth. And that's not morbid. I, I spent most of my life going, okay, here's my five-year plan and my 10-year plan. I was, I was 25 years old telling my ex-wife, like, we're going to retire by 30. You know, my goal is to have $100,000 a month of, of cash flow, of passive income. And as soon as we hit that, we'll be retired. Well, I had that. And then I just kept going and going and going and betting and building and building. And so it was like, and then all of a sudden the market crashed and I lost everything. And so it's like, where is there? You know, what, what I focus on is, literally this very second and building another second 
And God willing, I have another second being present in that second. I have visions and ideas, but I, I went from being a guy who was like, you know, my prayers were, all right, God, you know, I want to go to the world. I want to build so much. I want to make millions. I want all of these things. And like, just I'll be a good person to realizing that there's a lot of people my age that didn't wake up today, not because they killed themselves or because they OD'd, but it was their time. I mean, I, I have a friend who was 39 years old, five children, had a fucking heart attack and died in his sleep healthy, worked out. And I wonder, did he say everything that needed to be said? Did his children know what he believed, what he felt? Did he, did they know him? You know? And I realized that God gave me today. I woke up mission accomplished. I won the fucking lottery. I'm going to go build and execute and squeeze every ounce of fucking joy and passion and excitement and wealth and prosperity out of this day. So that if by chance I don't have tomorrow, I'm good. I'm good. I did it. I said everything that needed to be said. I did everything I wanted to do. My kids know who the fuck I am. My wife knows who the fuck I am. The world knows who the fuck I am. My conscience is clear. I owe no man anything. I don't carry around resentment or anger or frustration or harbor bitterness or towards any man. And so, you know, the vision for me is literally if God gives me tomorrow doing what God wants me to do, marching where he wants me to march. And so, you know, I tell people I, I grew up very religious. I'm not religious anymore, but I'm extremely spiritual. I have a very, very close connection with, uh, with deity. And, you know, my prayers shifted along the years. And now I wake up. And when I wake up, I walk out on my back deck and I've got a spectacular view from my back deck. And, and I simply say, thank you for giving me this day. You know, put the people in front of me that you need me to meet. Put the words on my mouth that you need me to speak. And I trust that process. And when God says, go over here, talk to this person, show up here, do this, I just do it. And it seems to be a, a very, very profitable, uh, very exciting, very motivating, very fulfilling life. And so you know, that's how I choose to live. But where we go, I mean, the, the vision keeps growing, the company keeps growing, the message keeps growing, and I can't deny where it is and what's happening, right? There's a lot of people like, okay, let's forecast 10 years from now. I'm like, I might be fucking dead. I want to forecast today. How do, we, how do we help people today? How do we maximize today? How do I love my lover today? How do I connect with my children today? Because I might not be here in 10 years. And if all of a sudden I die at two and my 10-year plan hasn't been fulfilled, then what? I have a plan today to maximize. I have a plan, God willing, tomorrow to maximize. So you know, I, I think a lot of people have these ideas that we're going to live forever and it's never going to happen to me. And when I'm 50, then I'll retire. Or when I'm here or when I'm there. And I'm like, fuck that shit, dude. Like I woke up today. I won the fucking lottery. I'm living today, man. And that's what's helped my company grow. Truthfully, that message is what I truly believe people need to hear and want to hear because they want to see somebody doing it. And I'm doing it. I mean, I, I don't have rich family. I, no one has built this. I built this. And so for me, it's like, if this is what's bringing me joy, bringing me prosperity, bringing me connection to the world, why would I try and pretend that it's wrong? Why would I try and say, well, I need to do it this way because he does it this way or he does it this way or this guru or book said to do it this way. Fuck that shit. I'm as happy as I've ever been, as wealthy as I've ever been, as connected to my wife, to my children, to my, my family, to the world as I've ever been, to my God. I'm gonna keep doing this. 
Cool. And it's the opposite to what a lot of people are living, which is the deferred life plan. You know, like basically I'm going to sacrifice all these things. I posted about this yesterday, you know, particularly with health, you know, I'm going to sacrifice my health because I want to focus on financial. I want to focus on business, building things. You know, I'm going to not spend time with the kids, et cetera, et cetera, because I'm, I'm living this deferred life plan where hopefully I kind of win the lottery at some point, you know, when I'm 50, when I'm 60, I retire. And then, and then what? And, you know, I mean, I'm working on building, <laughs> building more freedom in my life and appreciating more and more of those moments. It's been a, it's been a challenging road. It's been a last tough last seven years, but you know, it's, uh, it's enjoyable. I'm enjoying doing it. Listen, you know, a lot of people don't believe in themselves. A lot of people don't believe in themselves and what they're capable of. You're clearly an action taker. You seem to set your sights on something and then you kind of seem to go and attack it. You seem to go out and create it. How did you cultivate that mindset? Have you always been like that? Did you have to cultivate that mindset? Um, I, I think, number one, I'm extremely stubborn and I've always been stubborn. You know, you tell me no and I want to know why I want to go do it. But let's be really serious for a second, man. Like last year when I launched the apparel company, right? I've had Lions Not Sheep for a number of years and we used to sell 10 or 20 t shirts a month. And I was like, I want to build this. And last March or April, I wrote on my whiteboard $1 million and I wanted to do a million dollars of revenue in one month, which was in fucking, that's impossible, right? Like the, the big companies do, you know, do that, that have been around for years and years and years. And I had every fucking roadblock come into, into my space. COVID hit, this happened, that happened. And in November of 2020, we did a million dollars. We did $1.1 million. And I attribute that to, to being fucking relentless. Like, you know, this is a supercomputer, man. Every answer to every fucking question is on here. How do I ship? How do I build? How do I buy boxes? How do I buy shelves? How does this person do it? How does that person do it? This is a fucking supercomputer. And so if you're sitting around going, oh, I mean, what are you fucking doing? You know what I'm saying? To me, I look at it from the perspective of, you know, most people aren't living the life that they want to live because they don't know the fucking vision. They don't know where they want to go. Like real talk, like you, you could say, I want to make this much money and people around you be like, dude, all you fucking nuts, fuck that guy. And what most people do is they shrink from that. Oh, dude, I don't want to be judged. Like people say that they're afraid of failure. Want to know something real? Every one of you motherfuckers listening to this has failed over and over and over in life. If you're like me, you double, how many of you failed? I double fist that. I raised both my hands because I fucked so many things up in life. But the truth is every single one of those things made me smarter. It made me smarter. What most people, 99% of people are not afraid of failing. Here's what they're terrified of, being judged, being judged. You're afraid that if all of a sudden your business doesn't work out, that all your friends are going to go, see, ha, 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 ha. I don't give a fuck about you. I don't give a fuck about your opinions. I'm so laser focused on what I want that I stop at nothing until I get it. That's the difference. And I'll be, I'll be completely candid. I spent 35 years of my life worrying about what other people thought. And it led me to almost blowing my brains out. I put a Ruger P95 in my mouth and almost killed myself because I was so scared of what everybody thought about my divorce and losing millions of dollars. And I've worried what, what everybody else was thinking and saying about me more than what the fuck I wanted. And I almost killed myself over it. And I woke up one day and I'm like, you know, want to know something? Ollie, I mean, you're a great dude and you're adding value to the world, but I don't give a fuck about you. You have nothing to do with my life. You don't. But how is it that I'm on this call with you? Because I want to add value because I see you shining a light. I want to add value as much as I can. But the truth is, I'm going to go to bed with or without you. I'm going to make my millions with or without you. I'm going to make love to my woman with or without you. And I don't give a fuck what you think. 
That's my operation, my operating system. And I think that most people go through life trying to be small, fly under the radar, make the fewest mistakes so that everybody will be like, oh, you're so good. You lived the perfect life. Meanwhile, you fucking hated who you were. You hated what you did for a living. You hated the fact that you have ideas and passion and you did nothing with them. And I realized a number of years ago that I've got a million followers on social media and I will likely never meet 999,000 of them. 999,000 of them don't pay my bills. They don't make me money. They don't make my muscles grow. They don't get me laid. So why the fuck do I care about them? Because Jesus said to? Because mommy and daddy told you to be a good person and to just be so giving to everybody. Well, how do you give if you don't have? How the fuck do you give if you don't have? Our society and our culture, both in the UK and in America, is fatter than ever before. Fatter. Obesity is at all-time high. There are more children on prescription drugs and antidepressants in your country and mine than ever before in the history of the world. Divorce is at an all-time high. Why? Why are these things happening? It's because fucking people give a shit about everybody else versus giving a shit about themselves. It's because people worry more about what their neighbor thinks than what they think. It's because you're building shit to try and make mommy and daddy happy. Well, guess what? Mommy and daddy hate their fucking life too. So why the fuck are you doing what you're doing? I spent 35 years and almost killed myself in this idea that I needed to do for everybody and help everybody and play low and not say these words. These words have been inside of me for fucking years. And I kept them bottled up because of religion and because of God and because we don't say the word fuck. Yeah, I fucking do. And if you don't like it, fuck you. I don't care. Every single person listening to this has a fire inside of them, has a calling. And I want you to think about this. I'll I'll, I'll leave this thought with this. I only fear one thing. Well, technically two. I fear something happening to my kids. I have had nightmares and there's nothing as a father that terrifies me more than like having something happening to one of my children, okay? But my biggest fear is this, man. I know I'm gonna die. I know I will. So far, there's no pill. There's no chamber. There's no anything that I can buy that's gonna keep me alive forever. I know that every day that I wake up and I'm alive, I'm getting closer and closer and closer to meeting my maker. What terrifies me is that I end up laying on my deathbed and chances are I'm not gonna be there. I'm gonna like drive my race truck off a cliff or blow myself up or fall off a, you know, just something crazy. I'll jump out of a plane and my parachute won't open. I'll go out in a blaze of glory, I'm sure. But I have this reoccurring thought that I'm laying on my deathbed. And at that point in time, money doesn't matter. If y'all know Steve Jobs and you read Steve Jobs' biography, he was a billionaire and he said, all of my money can't buy me more life. All of my money, my billions of dollars can't cure my cancer. He's like, I'm going to die rich knowing that my money doesn't fucking matter. I have this fear that I'm laying on my deathbed and I don't have any more options. I don't have any options. I don't have any options to go take my wife on that trip. I don't have any options to go back and coach my kids fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade football team. I don't have options to go back and take my daughter out horseback riding and on dates. I don't have options to read those books anymore. I don't have options to speak the words that God's putting inside of here and here right now. I'm dead. I'm on my deathbed. I don't have any options. And what terrifies me, and it should fucking terrify you, is literally visioning being there, laying on this deathbed, knowing that you made all the fucking money 
and it doesn't mean jack shit. That you get to a place in life where the one thing that you and I now have, all of you listening to me, I don't give a fuck how much money you do or don't have. I don't give a shit how fat you are, how skinny, doesn't matter. You now have an option. The second you're listening to this word, you have an option. You have an option to go here or to go here or to push a button or to send a message or to make a phone call or to do a deal. And what I'm terrified of is getting to a place in my life where I don't have any options, which is why I play all in. Every conversation, everything, I don't, give, I don't care what people think about how I talk and where I am. I don't care, dude. I'm all in. If this is the last podcast I do with you ever, it's the best fucking, I've given you everything. Why would I not? Why would the conversation that I have with my wife not be everything? Like, why would my, my time with my children not be everything? Why would I not try and build the biggest fucking baddest ass companies on the planet? Why would I not be trying to make fuck you money? Why would I just be okay with being okay? Fuck that, dude. There will come a point in time in every single one of your lives, every one of you listening to me, where you're going to be laying flat ass on a bed, knowing that you're about to die. And what goes through your mind is what terrifies me. I want to be on my deathbed like this, just with my kids going, that was fucking wild, wasn't it? Do you remember this one time we did this and this one time we did that? And what I've done is I've empowered my children to become successful. I've empowered them to live their dreams. They've watched me live mine and they're making their own money. They don't need my money, my trust fund. I want to die fucking spending all my money. That's the game we're all playing. Black, white, gay, straight, rich, poor, Republican, Democrat. I don't give a fuck who you are. You're headed to the exact same spot I am. And I'd have you consider for a second that God willing, your mind still works. You're going to have these exact same thoughts. And if that doesn't terrify you into action today, looking at your family or your friends who hate on you and going, fuck you, if that doesn't motivate you to action, to quit that shit job that you hate or get your fat ass off the fucking couch and get to a gym or to send that text message to the person that you've been hanging on to bitterness for the last 20 fucking years, good fucking luck. I think a lot of people will listen to this. They'll listen to this kind of message and you know they'll have listened to other things that you've done and they'll be fired up and they'll be like, okay, yeah, that resonates with me. I'm aligned with that. I hate my job. I want to quit it. I'm overweight. I'm unhappy. I'm not doing what I want to do in life. And they get fired up, but then it just, the momentum just, poof, they just don't know what to do next. They don't have the steps. No, they don't you, you follow know through. Do. Everybody knows what to do. Everybody knows what to do. Everybody knows what to do. They're too fucking scared to do it. You're too big of a pussy to do it. You're too worried about what people will say to do it. Listen, is there anybody on this call that's fat, that doesn't know how to not be fat? Eat healthy foods, Google it if you don't know what they are, and fucking sweat. Those are literally the only two things you need to do to live he fucking healthy and to not be fat. Eat healthy and sweat. Would you agree, Ollie? I would very much agree. It's not complicated. It's you want to know science. how you have a fucking badass relationship? Tell the fucking truth. Be all in. When you're present with your person, be present with your person. Tell them what you think, what you feel, what you love, what you're afraid of. Don't fucking lie. That's how you build an epic fucking relationship. I could do this shit all day long. It ain't hard. It ain't hard. You listen to my words, you're like, oh, well, Sean's special. Fuck you, I ain't special. I ain't special. I work my ass off for where I am. And I work my ass off every fucking day to be here. The truth is, if you're listening to me and you're stuck, if you're stuck, fucking move, move. Perhaps the best thing you could do if your fat ass has been sitting on the couch for six years is to just get up and move. That ain't hard. Ollie ain't going to do it for you. I ain't going to do it for you. I truly believe when the pain, this is one of the quotes that I love, when the pain of the current reality 
becomes greater than the fear of change, that's when human beings change. When you become so uncomfortable with where you are, you hate it so much, you hate being poor, you hate being broke, you hate how you look in the mirror, you hate being a fucking piece of shit in your relationship, you hate being disconnected from your family. That's when you move. And so if you hear these words, know that I hated where I was. And so I moved. I moved. And that's literally how I how I perform every day. That is how I have the relationship that I have, how I have the businesses that I have, how I have the relationship with my children. That's how I have muscles is I fucking move every single day. Beautiful. You have a lighthouse tattooed on your forearm. Why? What does it represent? What does it mean to you? I had a a dear friend of mine uh, who was a coach and a mentor um, a number of years ago. I was sitting in his house in Austin, Texas, and he shared with me the kind of the parable, the story about uh, the lighthouse and the tugboat. And he shared with me how they both do the same thing. They both save ships. The lighthouse stands here and shines the light and the tugboat goes out and pulls and pushes. He's like, but they do it two radically different ways. The tugboat goes out and hooks up and pulls and pushes and bangs and bangs and bangs. And And if you've ever seen a tugboat, you know what I'm talking about. They're pushing boats and pulling boats and pushing boats and pulling boats. And a lighthouse just stands in one spot and shines a light. First time I heard it, I was like, yeah, that's really cool. And then I was sitting in his house about a year later and he told it, he told the same thing to me again and it exploded in my brain. I was like, how much easier is it to just stand in one spot and shine my light? I can't save you. I can't save anybody listening on this call. I can't save any of you. I could give you all the money that I have. And if you don't have the right mentality, you're going to fucking blow it and you'll be broke in 15 minutes anyways. I can't save you. But what I realized is like, I can shine my light. And as long as I stay in my spot and shine my light, I will always be able to shine my light. But when I get off of this lighthouse and I go try and be a tugboat and I try and save everybody, guess what happens to the tugboat? They get replaced. They break. They break down. They end up going to the scrapyard. And this is just facts. Lighthouses, especially in England and all over the UK, they've been standing there for hundreds of years. Birds shit on them. Waves crash into them year after year after year. And they keep shining. They don't, when a boat's coming towards the rocks, they don't stop. They don't go, yo, hey, stop. They don't get off the rock, the perch. They just keep shining. And if the boat hits the rock, so be it. If the boat goes around, so be it. And I chose years ago to make this a a permanent part of my body as a daily reminder that I have two options. I can be a lighthouse or I can be a tugboat. And I find that life is way, way, way more enjoyable, way more profitable, way um, more fun standing in my spot where I am shining my light, letting people see it, not see it, do whatever the fuck they want to do. I don't have the tattoo, but I have this little tiny lighthouse behind me that my daughter made me, you know, quite a few years ago when I first heard, I think you talking about this. I thought first heard you talking about this and she came back from school like a couple of days later. It was one of those weird moments where I heard this story. She, she showed up from school with this lighthouse and ever since I've just had it, wherever I go, wherever my office yeah. is, it's one of the things I have and it goes with me. It's super cool. Listen, Sean, if you, if you lost everything and you had to start again, you're dropped basically into a new world, a new, new country, nobody knows you, brand new market, and you've ju- just got your clothes, Lions Not Sheep t-shirt maybe, you've got $1,000 in your pocket, you've got a smartphone and there is Wi-Fi, there's a Wi-Fi connection how would you start again? Like, what would you do? And basically specific steps to go from this starting point to a million dollar business in either clothing or coaching or events or something. Well, dude, you're being generous saying that you got a thousand bucks in your pocket. I like <laughs> no bucks in my pocket. Real talk. Let's, okay. let's, let's paint the picture. Zero. Imagine you take me from where I am right now, where I live in Salt Lake City, and you just take me to Dallas, Texas. 
London, England, whatever. I have no money. I have no connections. I have no anything. I would literally go door to door and I would clear out people's shit. I would go empty their garages. I would clean out their garages. I would clean out their attics, their basements, their closets for free. And I would take all of those items and then I would resell them online. I would use Facebook Marketplace, which is free. I would use every single city on the planet has a marketplace or a newspaper or a classifieds ad. I would go take that broken lawnmower that some guy didn't want and I would take it from him and I would sell it online for $25 or $50 to a dude who would repair it and then sell it for $200. I would take all of the shirts in somebody's closet and I would sell them as vintage shirts online or I would take them to one of those vintage stores that buys old shit. I would take all of the lawn tools and the garden tools and the old kids' swing sets and all this other shit and I would literally take it away for free and I would turn around and I would sell it. I could do that literally any place, anytime, any market. It cost me zero fucking dollars to do it other than a, some cojones to go knock on somebody's door, say, yo, I'm cleaning shit out for free. I'll take it to the dump. I'll do whatever. And I don't care if you got a little teeny jalopy car. You guys like little freaking teeny cars over there in the UK. I can still <laughs> fit a fucking lawnmower inside a Fiat. I can still fit some shovels inside of a Fiat. I can still fit little boxes of trinkets and toys and shit that nobody's using inside of a fiat. This is exactly what I would do. I've shared this over and over and over again. Gary Vaynerchuk has talked about this. I've done this many times where I'll just be driving around on a, on a Friday afternoon or a Saturday morning and seeing a flea market or a, a yard sale. And I'll literally go buy something. I'll record it. I will show document people. I bought this for $5. I put it on my free marketplace and sold it for 20. People go, oh, Sean, it's only $15. Yeah, you do that enough times per day, every day. Guess what? You went from $0 in your pocket to having money in your pocket. And then you'd have more money in your pocket and then more money in your pocket and then more money in your pocket. Every single person listening to this has a cell phone. I know there's homeless people that have fucking cell phones for Christ's sake. There's homeless people. And Facebook's free. Facebook Marketplace is free. If you're broke, you're choosing to be broke. If you are poor, you are choosing to be poor. Yeah, that's a hard message for a lot of people to hear. I think there's truth in what you say. Listen, for all the thousands of uh, like woke but broke people out there, coaches struggling to get heard over the noise, like build an audience on social media. I mean, you have a massive following. You've built a big following on multiple platforms, kind of from scratch. What's the single, what's the one thing, the single biggest thing they need to change to share their message and get people to listen? Like, What's, what's one thing? Tell the truth, man. I watch all these guys. I watch all this bullshit. I watch these you know, kids and stuff like that. And I, I applaud you for trying to freaking do it. But the reality is like these woke, broke ass people, what are you doing? What life experience do you have? What are you really solving? What problems are you really solving? You're just trying to peddle a product. And again, I'm, I'm not mocking anybody here, but I started this without having, I, I didn't sell. Like if you show me a Facebook post or an Instagram post where I'm selling something, I'll give you 500 bucks. You won't find me selling anything. Yet, how is it that I built a multi-million dollar coaching company by adding value? And what everybody is, is, is so interested in is the Lamborghinis and the success and the money that they don't give a fuck about the product. They don't give a fuck about the client. They don't give a fuck about anything other than just getting money. And the reality is getting money is really, really, really easy. It's not hard to do. I can go to my neighbor's house and clear out his garage and make a hundred, couple hundred dollars just by fucking doing that one afternoon. That's not hard. But all these coaches and all these people, like, it sounds sexy. It sounds appealing to have Wi-Fi money and internet money. And the truth is, like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this. I talk about this passive income. People think passive income just shows up. There is no such thing as passive income. 
I've worked for all of the income that I have. The restaurants that I've invested in, the restaurants that I own that pay me dividends, I fucking worked my ass off for that money. There is nothing passive about that. I helped build these things. I put my money into a place that works for me, but I work that money. You understand? And there's just a lot of misconceptions. And and I think what people need to realize is like, you got to tell the truth, man. You got to provide something to people, add value. If you're somebody that went through depression and figured out how to get out of it, share that with people. I've posted more on social media and given away more free value and more free content than probably most people out there by myself, without a team, without anything. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason that people pay me a lot of money to to work with me and to coach with me. It's because they've seen what I've put out there and they're like, the shit you put out on Facebook changes my life. The Instagram posts have changed my life. What would it look like if I could come even closer and come even more inside of your mind and more inside of your group and more inside of what you do? And that's the problem is you go show me a Facebook post, an Instagram post, 99.9% of the time, all they're trying to do is sell you something. They're trying to sell you an ideology, sell you a product, sell you a wismo, gizmo, a gadget. At the end of the day, we're being sold shit all day long. You want to become really, really, really wealthy? Give people shit. Give them tools that work. Give them strategies and ideas. Most of all, give them you. Give them truth. The world is starving for truth. We ain't starving for sales pitches. You fucking get on any social media platform you're being sold. You drive down the freeway, there's billboards everywhere. You turn on the fucking TV. Selling, 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 selling. Give people shit. Give people value. Give people knowledge. Give people tools and watch what happens. Yeah, I mean, when I was coaching, which I, I, I don't coach anymore, but when I was, you know, and uh, I remember you commenting on a few posts I did, a few lives I did, and uh, <laughs> you basically, I <laughs> think you sent me a message once saying, stop selling, or made a comment, stop selling. And it's, it's such a difficult mind. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just going to say the best salespeople on earth, the best salespeople on earth never have to sell you. Yeah, it's just interesting. It was, a, it was a hard mindset to get out of because I'd invested a lot of money at the time in kind of fitness business coaches and things. And the approach was very different, you know, it was tactical. And th- this is the thing that really switched me off about marketing that kind of crushed crushed the marketing side of things for me. That was so tactical and manipulative. And I kind of just, I, I just hated, hated doing that. I hated having to be tactical with every post and not being able to just be myself. So I, j- I kind of stopped doing it. Why don't you just be yourself? And that's what I've started doing and people seem to appreciate it more. But, you know, I think um, it takes balls. As you said, you described it exactly earlier. You know, it's judgment. It's fear of judgment. What what do my friends think? What are the people around? My wife's friends are on Instagram. They see my Instagram feed. You know, they tell her stuff. So it's just, it's giving yourself that. Who gives a fuck? Who cares about them? Why does your wife care about them? Is your wife married to them or is she married to you? Is is your wife married to you or married to them? Are you married to them or are you married to your wife? Fuck those people. You don't like what I post? Don't fucking follow me. You don't like what I say? Don't fucking follow me. I don't give a fuck. Why do you care? Why the fuck does your wife care? Yeah, no, I I understand. I understand. And I understand where you're coming from as well, because, you know, I guess it's a decision you have to make. It's just a decision you have to make. And, you know, that's absolutely fine. I'm very comfortable with that. But, you know, the point I'm illustrating is the fact that, you know, it is hard to just give yourself that permission, that level of freedom where you just, when you get to that point where you're like, I don't give a fuck. It's actually not. It's actually not. (laughs) Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Let me tell yeah, you exactly dude, please, why. Because I, I mean, hey, we're having a little little mini conversation here, right? You Like what oh, yeah, you just like it, said like is where most people are. What you just said, exactly. you just literally told me that you basically stopped marketing because your wife's friends see your post. Hey, what's your wife's name? Emily. 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 What's Ollie doing? What the? He's got his shirt off and he's doing fucking shit. And he's talking, <laughs> Emily, what? And then Emily's like, oh my God. Oh my God. 
Ollie, you can't do these things. Oh my God. And you're like, what? And so you stop doing you. You stop being you because some fucking chicks said something to your wife. Are those women paying your bills? Are those women raising your children? Are those women investing in your future? Are those, do those women have anything to do with you? No. So why the fuck are they controlling? Hang on. Why the fuck are they controlling what you do or don't do with your business? You understand this? And this is a message not just for you, but for everybody. The reality is I get shit on every single day. I have people talk. I have people make fun of my kids. People make fun of my wife. People make fun of me. People make fun of my mom. If you want to get a bird's eye view of this, go follow me on Instagram. You've seen this firsthand. Yeah, I see it every day. Yeah. So if I allowed those people that have nothing to do with me to win and I stopped marketing and sharing my story, then who am I? What am I? Yeah, 100% right. And I agree with all of that. There's a level deeper to this. Um, which is? Which I, didn't, which I didn't mention, which is the fact that when I was there, so I, I started a clothing company in my early 20s. My first company, built it from nothing. Uh, I was working on a building site. I just started designing t-shirts. I was selling them at Portobello Road Market in London. I loved it. I was making no money because there's no money in t-shirts back at that time, selling them one by one at the market. So I wanted a higher value product. So I, and I like snowboarding. So I made it, I designed a snowboarding jacket. I drew it on a little piece of paper. I talked to every manufacturer in the UK and I convinced some guy. I, I phoned up this guy in Leeds and it happened to be the managing director, the CEO of this company. I didn't know it was. And I just told him my passion. I just told him my ideas. I was in my 20s. And he said, okay, come up and show me your sketch. And I took this little drawing, this hand drawing on a piece of paper up. And he liked it. He liked my energy. And he made me a prototype. And he said, listen, if you can go off and sell 500 of these, it's like, fuck, 500, fuck. I was, you know, early 20s, no experience. If you can go and sell 500 of these, you will make them, we'll manufacture them and we'll see how it goes. And so I went out and I contacted every retailer in the UK, every retail chain in the UK. No one had heard of my brand. So no one, no one was willing to buy my stuff. They said, yeah, we'll do sale or return or we'll do like 120 days credit. And I was like, yeah, fuck that. I can't build a business on that. And we'll take like five pieces. I thought I'm going to send one more email, the last email to TK Maxx who's like an American company, TJ Maxx, TK Maxx in the UK. I'll send it to them because they sell snowboarding gear. And the guy, the buyer, the head of the outerwear department got back to me. And then a week later, I was in, in his office and I, I, I found myself getting undressed. I got undressed and I put on this ski wear that I'd made. I had this couple of samples and he liked something about it and he ordered 5,000. So he, he didn't order 500, he ordered 5,000. So I, I phoned back this guy in Leeds, you know, and I said, listen, I've got some good news. You know, you said uh, you needed 500. Well, I've just sold 5,000. He was like, fuck me. And so that was it. And uh, a business was born. And I, I, d I didn't have any design experience, nothing. I just made it all up. I looked it up on the internet, just as you've described, exactly as you've described. And I built this company up to a seven figure, you know, million pound uh, turnover business over seven years, just literally working three months a year in my garden. And uh, I loved it until the end of the journey. And then I kind of fell out of love with it. But the point is, after that, I went into health and fitness. And uh, I fell in love with health and fitness. And when I was starting the clothing company to pay the bills, I became a personal trainer. And that became my real passion. So I sold the clothing company, financial crash as well, 2008, everything bottomed out. So I sold the brand to someone else. And I thought, I'm going to start again. And I went into health and fitness. And it was such a different business. And there was some, so much scarcity around the marketing and the way people sell fitness. And I, don't, I just, so I had, I had this really dark seven year period in my life. It was really, really tough. So when I was marketing 
was in, it was desperation marketing. So when I was showing up and doing these social media posts, I wasn't actually being me. I was being you. I was being Garrett J. White. I was being, I don't know who else. And it wasn't me. It wasn't authentic. And so that's why my wife wasn't comfortable with it. And I wasn't comfortable with it. I would make these videos feeling I was doing what I was meant to do, but it was, it was just uncomfortable. You're a hundred percent right, but I'm right as well because it was, wasn't authentically me. And so the reason I'm, it's such a pleasure to have you here is because when I was in that slump in that dark place at the very, very bottom, and we're coming from very different places. I'm in the UK. I'm in Hampshire. I don't have a massive gun collection. I have four guns. I don't have a massive gun collection. You know, I don't know enough about American culture. I'm not, I'm not you, but you, which is good, which is good, which is, yeah, don't exactly, try and be me. exactly. Never try and be me. Exactly. But it takes a long time. It took a long time to get there. And basically when some, someone mentioned this thing called the lion's den, when I was right down in the very bottom of this pit, dark crying in, you know, in like five years ago, crying my eyes out. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills and feed my family. Someone mentioned the lion's den and I joined and I sort of started following you and you gave me a massive slap around the face just, just by watching and listening and you kicked me out. So it's been a long journey. Yeah. And it's only now that I'm starting to apply everything because I understood it all. I just couldn't apply it. It's only now that I'm starting to apply everything, but with me coming from me, me being a lighthouse, me trying to share my message. So there's a long-winded way of sort of saying thank you. I think a lot of people don't understand you because, you know, I think that you, you're confrontational, you know, you, you swear a lot, you know, you, you wave the American flag, you shoot lots of guns. And a lot of people outside that culture don't necessarily get it. What I want to say is there's a lot of a, a depth. There's a much, much deeper level to you and what you do and the message you share, but also what you teach, what you teach people, which I have a, a huge amount of respect for. I appreciate that. You know, I, I, I know what I know and I know what I'm good at. And I spent most of my life trying to be really good at the things I wasn't good at. And it caused me to be depressed. I tried for most of my life to fit into other people's boxes. Now, a lot of people say I'm confrontational, right? Is anything you've heard me say on this call anything different than you've heard me say over the last couple of years? It's the same thing. This is what's, what I love about this is people say that I'm, you know, and not you, just you, but hundreds of people, you're confrontational or edgy or all these other things. But the, the reality is truth is so clear. Like truth is so simple. And I look at it from the perspective of the simplest way to a result is a straight line. But what we do, we, you, me, the world, people, societies, economics, schools, is we teach it, we get these roundabout things and we surround ourselves like if you're, if you're angry, you're typically around angry people. Or if you're sad, you're around other sad people. And so I found it like my gift is not, you know, I love hugs and I love the tenderness and there's a place for that, but my gift is to shine a fucking light. And I had a, a friend a number of years ago say, dude, you're like a light switch. I said, what do you mean? He's like, you, you remember when you were a kid and you were in, in bed, it's winter time, you're snuggled up and mom would come in to wake you up for school in the morning. And yeah. And he's like, what would happen? I was like, well, my mom, she'd flip the lights on and she'd rip the covers off. And that was unpleasant. You guys remember this? Everybody remember this? When you're a kid, you're warm and mom, <laughs> shut the lights on. Ah, 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 it's too bright. It's so cold. Ah, it's not pleasant. Sometimes the light is not pleasant. And if you're in darkness, I'm not here to coddle your balls and make you feel comfortable in the darkness. I'm flipping the fucking light on, man. Because that is the only way for you to see. It's the only way for you to change. If you're wandering around in this darkness, and have no clue where the door is, and I do, I'm going to flip the lights on. And you have two choices, not just you, but everybody. 
oh shit, shut him off. I want to be in the darkness or go, fuck, that hurt like hell. But now I see the door. Now I'm getting out. And this is my gift. I believe truly like this is what God has given me is this gift of being able to fucking turn the light on because I was in darkness. I was in darkness. I spent a lot of my life in darkness and it took having people in my life flipping the light on and me going, fuck you. It hurts. I don't like it. Piss off. But the truth is, is they were right. And so we search as human beings for what's comfortable, not what's based around solutions. We search for things that make us feel comfy. And, and when we're broke, we find other people to talk about our brokenness and we share our stories about being screwed and wronged and all this other shit. And this is what I truly believe. Like my gift is, as I told you, I, sh- I spent this time trying to figure out why the fuck I'm here. And all of my life, I tried to be somebody else and say it the right way and be it the right way. And sh- people are like, Sean, you should just calm down and chill out. No, some people don't need that. Some people need to get punched right in the fucking face and woken the fuck up. And people yeah. go, whoa, that's abrasive. And that's whatever. It's fucking truth. And what I choose to live my life in is around the common denominator of truth. And if you ask me a question, I'm going to give you an answer. If you want my opinion, I'm going to tell you what burns inside of my soul. And I don't give a damn if it hurts your feelings. I don't care if you go, oh, shut off the lights. I don't fucking care. It's your choice whether or not you do something with it. So when you talk about like getting punched in the face, that's like, I do that honestly, bro. And this is something not very many people hear me say very often. I do it out of love. And this is what a lot of people don't understand and and don't know about me. If you watch some video off the internet or whatever, whatever is like, if I don't give a fuck about you, I don't spend my time. So if I spend my time punching you in the face, it's because God told me to, it's because I love you. And that's truth, man. And I realized that like, some of, the, some of the, the, the hardest lessons I've learned, the most painful lessons have taught me the biggest things. And at the end of the day, some of the people that have the most abrasive, harsh, confrontational experiences with me taught me the most. They showed me what I needed to see. They ripped the fucking Band-Aid off. They opened up the curtains and I find it, it burned. It hurt, man. It hurts your eyes. But at the end of the day, now you can see like my entire reason of being on this earth is to shine a fucking light. And God willing, I keep waking up. I just keep shining this light. And it's what God shares with me. It's what he drives me to do. And, and as you well know, I'm in the space with you. I have people in my life that shine a light. I have coaches. I have mentors. I am trying to level up. I am constantly trying to be a better father, a better man. And my way is not everybody else's way. My way of speaking is not everybody's way of speaking. My way of doing it is not everybody else's way of doing it. And for the first time in my life, I'm really good with that. I'm absolutely okay with that. That feels good. And I think that's the reason so many people are not only resonate with my message, but also get really pissed with my message. Because at the end of the day, like deep down it cuts, but you know it's true. And so maybe it's a year, maybe it's two, maybe it's five years. Like you say now, you're like, shit, now I kind of see. And to me, I look at that and I'm like, dope. Now go fucking do something with it. And along the way, maybe it was like, fuck Sean, fuck, not saying you, but I don't care. So long as like, like that, that light opened your eyes and helped you move. That's all I care about. 
That's all that matters to me. You know what I'm saying? It's not a pleasant process. It's not an easy process. In many, many, many cases, it's a radically painful process to change your life, to change who you are, to change your DNA and to change your programming. Just like when you were a kid, it was painful when mom pulled off the covers and you got hit with the cold and your eyes were like, oh, they burned. But you had to get up and go to school. It's a super painful process. And that's why not many people do it. And why a lot of people are playing small. But that last three, four minute mark, it's more than that. It's like, uh, yeah, three, four minutes (laughs) is you know, I was surprised you said yes to doing this podcast. I'll be honest with you, because you know, you don't know who the fuck I am, really. You, you kind of do a little bit, but you know, I have no significance to you. I'm we're in different worlds, but you know, that's what I wanted to uncover. I really wanted to have this conversation because that last four or five minutes is what I wanted people to see. Because I've known all along about the deeper side. You know, you I know I know what what it's all about. I understand the message, and I respect it. And you know, just from personal experience. I needed, you know, five years ago, six years ago, when I was completely stuck and, and like broken in terms of like, I literally don't know what to do. I don't know how to move forward. So I don't know how to pay my bills. And the way it affected my relationship with my wife was the biggest, the most painful thing, the most painful thing I had. And I needed someone at that time to just fucking shout at me, like just literally, you know, just hit me in the face, shout at me, wake me up because I was fully in victim mode, so deeply buried in victim mode, my head buried in the sand. And, um, you know, so, so I wanted people to see, you know, people like me who are not, you know, I'm not in your world. I'm not, you know, we're not into the same things necessarily, but I wanted people to see that there's still a huge amount of value. So, you know, I want to ask you what, I hope you're okay for time. Tell me if you're not. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, so, so what is what is Lions Not Sheep? You know, we've mentioned it a few times. You're wearing a hat saying Lions Not Sheep. So for people who are in the UK and don't really know about you as much, a lot of people do, and they don't know about Lions Not Sheep, what, what is it? From a tactical standpoint, uh, it's many different companies. Um, I've got many different things on si- underneath it. But when I was going through my midlife crisis, I was literally sitting on the toilet, reading a magazine, and uh, lions, not sheep, popped into my mind. It just came into my mind out of nowhere, and I know exactly where it came from. And it wouldn't leave. And it just bounced around, and bounced around, and I thought about it for days and days and days. And then I thought to make a T-shirt out of it, and I just made a T-shirt. And I made it for me. I called my friend who owned a company, a screen printing company, and said, "I, I want to make this shirt." I picked out the font, I picked out the whole thing. And a week or so later, I posted a picture and I had the shirt on. And somebody on Facebook's like, "Hey, how do I buy that shirt?" This is 2015. 2015, so six years ago, I called my friend back. I was like, hey, somebody wants to buy this shirt. How the fuck do I sell T? I don't know how to sell T-shirts. I'm a real estate guy. I made all my money in real estate. And, and so that began the movement, if you will, of Lions Not Sheep. But Lions Not Sheep came to me for a reason, and it became my mantra. It became my way of being mine. I built this for me. This, this saying right here is for me. This tattoo is for me. It's a great conversation piece. It's a great conversation piece. But I, I wake up every day with a choice to be a lion or to be a sheep. And, you know, lots of people go, well, the Bible says, I don't like, if you think about the truest nature of a lion, it does whatever the fuck it wants to do. It lays under the tree when it wants to lay under the tree. It fucks when it, wanna fu- when it fucks. It eats when it wants to eat. It hunts when it wants to hunt. It does whatever the hell it wants to do. When you think about a sheep, A sheep does what it's told to do. A sheep does what all of the other sheep are doing. It follows where they go. You see them run off a cliff, they run off a fucking cliff. And so Lions Not Sheep truly became my resurrection. It became my 2.0. It became 
my rebirth from the top of the mountain to literally being buried in the gutter. It became my new. It became my new way of thinking, my new way of being for me, not to make millions of dollars, but to me, for me to wake up in the morning and to have something to, to go towards. I was depressed. I almost killed myself. I was as down and dark and broke and miserable as any human being could be, so much so that I literally put a pistol in my mouth. God had a different plan for me. I didn't pull the trigger that night, but I can tell you what the fucking the gun oil tastes like. I can tell you what it tastes like to put a fucking gun in your mouth. And so for me, that, that resurrection was like, I chose in that moment, like I will live the rest of my life as a lion. I will build what I want to build, say what I want to say, be who I want to be, do what I want to do, regardless of how many fucking sheep are bad, bad, like yelling and screaming at me, telling me I'm wrong, telling me I'm too much, telling me I'm confrontational, telling me I'm abrasive. Fuck those people. I will do what I want to do, say what I want to say, be who I want to be literally every single day from here on out for the rest of my days. And I will never change that. And, and I truly believe I embodied that message. You've seen, you talk about it. You've seen me. I mean, my growth over the last couple of years has been astronomical. And I don't say that to brag. I say it because it's fucking true. And I've worked my ass off to get there. I've worked my ass off to become the man worthy of marrying again and having a queen and building a kingdom and having multiple multi-million dollar companies and children and to truly be in control of this. And I've worked my ass off for it. And that's what Lions Not Sheep is. The beauty is for me, I was given this gift of social media. I didn't have social media for many, many, many years. I didn't believe in it. I thought it was stupid, actually. My ex-wife had Facebook for two years before I ever even signed up for a Facebook account, which is ironic because now I'm the social media guy, right? And God literally gave me this gift. He said, I want you to say these words. And I shared these words and they were scary. They were vulnerable. I talked about how dark I was. I talked about how depressed I was. The very first post that ever went viral. I talked about how, how big of an asshole I was in my divorce and how ego-driven I was, how scared I was. It was a terribly scary message for me to put out there. It was raw. It was like standing naked in front of the class. But I needed that. God knows I, that was for me. That wasn't for the millions of people that saw it and the millions of people that followed it and the millions of people like, oh my God, you're so amazing. I had to take that scary step of saying those words and making that post. And what I have found over the last six years is... Two things happen when I share my truth. This is a great marketing lesson for you. Two things happen when I share my truth. Number one, millions and millions and millions and millions of people resonate with it. Like literally 50 million people saw this very first post of mine. I wasn't a, so I had 200 friends on Facebook. And one night I sat down and I just ripped my heart open and I poured it out there and it was scary as fuck. And I'm like, why are all these people liking this? This is darkness. This is me talking about being an asshole. This is me talking about my fear and my insecurity. Why are people liking this? You should like the freaking sunshine shit. You should like the really motivational shit. And I realized, I'm like, holy fuck. Millions and millions and millions of people are just like me. They have fear. They have insecurities. They've made mistakes. And people resonate with that. It resonated with my truth. My truth. Not your truth. Not social media marketing 101 truth. Not the ebook truth. Not... Tony Robbins' truth, not the guru's truth, my truth. And the second thing that, that I learned from that is that I felt better. I felt better. And I realized, like, I'm a pretty smart fella. If the tool for me to feel better is truth, I'm going to keep sharing that. 
And the truth is scary. It's vulnerable. You talk about your addictions. You talk about your, your past. You talk about your mistakes. You talk about fears. You talk about your love. You talk about all of these things because it's truth. I realized that if that is the, the, how I feel better and that is how I reach millions of people, it's a win-win for me. It's a win-win for everybody. And I've been on a mission for the last six years to rip myself open, to open up every dark corner, everything that is me, that is inside of me, my loves, my passions, my fears. And I, sh- and, and, and I have this tool that is terrifying because I, I put myself out in front of the world. But every single time I do, I feel better. I run faster. I feel more free. And it's where I would build it. This is what Lions Not Sheep is to me. It's the ultimate level of freedom. Do you still feel fear when you put a very raw, vulnerable post up? Yeah, 100%. Yes, absolutely. I question, but see, my fear is different now. My fear is not what people will say. I fear why I'm doing it. Why am I doing this? Am I getting to a place of ego? Am I sharing this out, out of authenticity or am I sharing this to try and get people to see it. And I've, I've struggled with that for a long time because I've never been in this space. No one ever has. Like I, I didn't, I've never experienced this day. You've never experienced this day. I can read a book about what somebody else's day was like, somebody else's ideas are, but I've never experienced this day. Every single post is new. Every single feeling is new. Every emotion is new. And so as I share it, I'm like, why am I sharing this? And that is a challenge for me. And so I constantly am battling fears and insecurities. I want to burn my world down all the time. Like one or two days a week, I'm like, fuck this. I'm just going to go get a normal job. I don't want to deal with this. All the time I have these experiences, just like you, just like every single person listening to this. I, 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 I have insecurities. I have insecurities about being newly married. I have insecurities about being a father. My fucking daughter who's 18 called me today. She's like, dad, I just got offered a job in California. And I'm like, you can't leave. You're my daughter. You're supposed to be here. Like, how do you, you're not, how are you going to move? I'm fucking terrified of that. I'm terrified of that. And then the, the dad of me is like, shit, dude, did I teach her? Did I lead her? Like, did, did I do these things right? And then I go into my fear of like, fuck, uh, how do I get it all back? I got to start over. Let me start over. I have all of these fears, just like every human being does. What I have found is ways to move forward, ways to build, ways to overcome. And that is what I am truly addicted to is this game of expansion, this game of more. And so what is the lion's den? You know, I, I know what it is, obviously, but for the people listening who yeah. don't know, what's the lion's den and what, where can people find it? As, as things started to grow for me on social media, I had, you know, I was talking to people and teaching people and spending all of my time sharing all these things. And I had some really wise mentors say, look, man, like what you're offering is valuable, right? Like it's not, you know, a, a car doesn't give, you don't get a car for free just because it provides a, a, a service of driving. You have to invest in that. You have to buy that car. You know, you want to feed your belly. You need to buy a hamburger. You need to get invest. And you're offering people services and tools to change their fucking life. There is value to that. And I was really resistant to it for a long time. And so I started a coaching group uh, called the Lion's Den. And I, ta- I teach people every week all of these core foundational principles that I call core four, power, passion, purpose, and production, power, your body, passion, your relationships, purpose, your mind, your mind and your spirituality and uh, production is your business. And so it's grown and we have thousands of members that have come through the lion's den um, all from all over the world. And it's a virtual pro, you know, training and a virtual group 
that uh, I coach every single weekend. So I go live every single Wednesday. Same same thing I was doing a couple of years ago when you were in it. Every single Wednesday at noon Mountain Standard Time, and and I coach people and I share tools and tips and strategies of how to build a better body, how to build the mentality of a better body, how to how to build bigger business, how to network, how to market, how to grow. And 99.99% of every single thing that I share is shit that I'm personally doing or have done. How did I go from being depressed to not depressed? How did I grow a multi-million dollar apparel company? How did I grow a multi-million dollar coaching company? Newsflash, the same shit, shit I shared with you years ago of how to build a fitness tribe and whole thing. If you join the den today, I'm gonna tell you to do the exact same shit I told you to do five years ago. And the truth is, is that it works. It's just, who's ready? What do you want? Like, are you ready to go? And, and so I'm ridiculously passionate about the lion's den because it's real. It's real coaching. It's real me, real lessons, not some airy fairy, like, well, go read this book and cross your fingers. But it's like, go do this right now and watch what happens. Go do this right now and watch what happens. I did this this week and here was my result. Go do this. And it's a tribe of people from all over the world that want to win more. They want a better life. They want to make more money, get in better shape, have better relationships. And, and um, that is my coaching group, the Lions Den. And where's the best place for people to find that? You know, is it something, can people join? Do you only have set, certain intakes, you know? Yeah, we just, it, we just opened it up for the first time in six months uh, last week or two, a week and a half ago, actually. We had uh, almost 800 people join um, over 48 hours uh, and I've closed it back up. So it's, it's, a, it's a deal that I'm constantly, it's a new, it's a business of mine. Like it's literally a business. And so I give people front row seat of how I'm building a massive coaching group, how I'm building a massive tribe. I teach people exactly how I do it from my, my sales funnels and how do I collect credit cards and the whole thing. Um, but I only open it at certain periods of time. Um, unfortunately, we just closed it, but people can go to lionsnotsheep.com or lionsnotsheepden.com or seanwhalen.com. I'm, I'm not hard to find. So you can find all, all that yeah. stuff all over the place. Yeah, I'll put all of the links in the show notes cool. anyway to this. Listen, Sean, I've got one final question for you, if that's okay. And what do you want your legacy to be? I, I guess you've touched on this a bit, you know, the beginning, the ranch, you know, the kind of self-sufficiency, the, the being dependent on no, no one else. But, you know, is that it? Have you covered everything or is, it, is there another way you can express what you want your legacy to be? Yeah, my legacy has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with assets. It has nothing to do with the family trust that I leave to my kids. My legacy is leading, guiding, and teaching my children to become radically independent on their own. If I help my children build their dreams, build their businesses, live their lives on their terms, the way that they feel inspired and called to do, I'm the most prosperous man on earth. If I help my children, not with giving them shit or money, but if I help show them what's possible in life and steer them and guide them and hold space for them to be able to build their own dreams, live their own lives, then I've won. I want to die literally having spent my last fucking dollar. I want to die like knowing that my kids have every tool, everything that they could ever need to be prosperous, to live their own dreams, to live their own lives. Cool. I love that. I think I just want to say thank you to you, Sean Whalen. You know, thanks for coming on to this podcast. It's been a, a real pleasure to speak to you. Um, I'll share links to everything that you've mentioned, you know, your book, uh, The Lion's Den, Lions Not Sheep, your, the apparel company. And uh, thanks for being you and uh, <laughs> giving it to everybody unfiltered uh, as I knew you would. And uh, it's been really enjoyable. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. 